0: Today's episode is brought to you by Builder Funnel, providing marketing services for the modern builder.
1: Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about maintaining good mental health with the help of special guest Marion Fowler of Cornerstone Counseling in Westerly, Rhode Island. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show.
2: Hello everyone, welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. So we are neck deep in COVID and COVID crisis 2020. And I'm starting to hear that people are struggling with the stress of it all. So, you know, the stress is a lot of different things. It it, it might be that maybe I'll get COVID. Uh, It might be, maybe I'll pass it on to a client or it might be, maybe I'll bring it home to my family. And maybe it's just the fact that the media is just, full of this stuff and the words crisis and pandemic just make it a stressor all by itself but i'm starting to see that businesses are working like crazy to try to catch up they're putting a lot of pressure on everybody and it just felt like a good time for us to bring it to the airwaves and just talk about stress stress that the owners have over keeping the business going transfers over to the staff, and the staff has stress, and it goes back uh, to the owners. So in a recent call with one of the production managers that I work with through RA, who happens also to be an owner of a company, he said, I'm feeling stressed, and I can see it in my company. And then another production manager that I talked to just flat out said, hey, Tim, I'm burning out. And I don't know how many of you may know this about me, but back in 2000, I was a production manager and I literally burned out. It wasn't just I got stressed about work, but I clinically burned out and it's been really hard to recover over the years. One of the reasons why I do consulting and training is because that production management role was really hard on me and I couldn't go back to it once I burned out. I just couldn't deal with the conflict and the stress that's there. So, this topic's very personal to me, and uh, it's exciting for me to um, bring our guest in. She, Yes, she is my wife. Um, so, I'm going to be a little bit uh, emotional here, but she deals with people every day that are just trying to get through life. You know, some of them have had some really, really hard times. Uh, others, you know, are just trying to make sense out of it all and maybe be a little less beat up by. By life, So, it's really exciting for me to invite her onto the show and share some of her insights in uh, how to deal with stress. So, Steve, let's get going.
1: All right. Thank you, Tim. Marion Fowler is a psychotherapist working in Rhode Island for over 16 years through her private practice, Cornerstone Counseling. She excels at providing customized counseling for individuals, groups, and couples with relationship, mental health, and addiction concerns. In 2009, she was awarded Rhode Island's Social Worker of the Year for Mental Health and is on the executive board for the Coastal Wellness Collective an Association of Mental Health and Addiction Professionals in Rhode Island and Connecticut. She is known by her colleagues and clients to be genuine, caring, practical, and goal-oriented as she helps them to focus on successfully navigating personal, family, and business challenges. In addition to her counseling practice, Marion owns Cornerstone Consulting. As a mental health consultant, she provides information, resources, and referrals nationwide for those needing help navigating the mental health and addiction worlds. In addition, she provides consulting for other therapists seeking to improve their businesses. It is a pleasure. Welcome
2: to the show, Marion.
0: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
2: All right. So I agree with all that stuff in her bio. So just let everybody know I'm a very biased husband here. And um, But anyway, so let's forget all that. Let's get right down to it. So what's what's going on, Marion? I know you're seeing it in your business this COVID crisis, uh, what's the impact that you're seeing on people?
0: Well, definitely an increase in anxiety, depression, irritability, marital issues, uh, parenting issues. It's, it's impacting pretty much every area of life and obviously including work situations. The, uh, none of us expected it to go on this long. I know when we first had to get masks, I got a temporary one and thought, oh, that would be fine. <laughs> turns out you have to get one and several that are going to last you for several, several months. Uh, people are more, including myself, are sitting at their desk a lot more having to do tele-meetings rather than uh, being in person with people. And so it's been hard, hard on many people for a variety of reasons. We don't know if this is how long this is going to go on for. We don't know if this is the first of several pandemics that might be down the road. It's, there's so much uncertainty that are causing people much more stress.
2: So it sounds like it, there are just all these sort of normal human problems that people have, like marriage difficulties and, you know, depression, which is, I guess it really isn't normal, but, but we're seeing more of it because of the situation that we're in. Is that a, a fair way to say it?
0: Absolutely. And I think of all of them, anxiety is the most because we're seeing it now a lot more in children as well because of what's going on in their lives. It's impacting everybody's life. There's nobody that's left unchanged by this whole pandemic.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a shame you can't shield the kids You know, some stuff you can shield them from, but this is just too out there in the open. So what are some of the signs that if if I was the manager, if I was a production manager or the owner manager of a company, what are some things that I might look for in my employees to see signs of this stress becoming more than the employee can handle?
0: I believe it comes out in a variety of ways. In their speech would be one, if they start uh, talking more negatively, where they start uh, being indecisive about things that they usually are pretty confident in, they start worrying more. You start hearing the word worry come up a lot more. Uh, behaviors obviously, people coming into late, uh not showing up at all and uh, not calling in for things. Being, uh, and some people will do less than what they normally do in times like this, and then the opposite is that other people will take on more work longer or perhaps that's a way to worry being home, but, uh, but it ends up impacting people in different ways.
2: Okay, so if I was a manager of a company, owner, manager, production manager, what would I be looking for in terms of seeing stress in my employees?
0: You would look at different ways that they speak differently or things that they do things differently. For instance, speaking They may start speaking more negatively. The word worry comes up often in their speech uh, or they're indecisive about what to do and it shows in how they talk. Behavior is another one. One is uh, coming late for work when that's not normally their routine or not calling in uh, when they're gonna be late or not show up at all. They also uh, can go to an extreme of working more than they usually do or working less than they usually do. And you notice it through that. Also things like their hygiene might change uh, when it gets pretty severe. They also um, start neglecting things like their health. You hear them skipping appointments with doctors or things like that.
2: So it sounds like if you understand your employees, if things change, then you should Your ears should go up, so to speak, and you should pay attention. Is that kind of what I'm hearing?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you don't know them ahead of time, then it's hard to notice the changes. So it's important to be connected to your employees to know if they're already having stressors in their life, like say they have a parent with Alzheimer's, uh, something like this would make that more stressful for them. And so you would want to just check in about those unusual situations that are personal to an individual.
2: Yeah. So, what makes the difference between what I'm just going to call normal stress and then, for lack of a better term, send someone over the edge stress? What, what, where's that line? Where's that burnout line? Or, or how does, maybe it's a progression. I don't know. Maybe you can help us with that. But it just feels like, I mean, there's always stress. But when does it become... Potentially like burnout?
0: That's a tough question. It's all a matter of degree, I think. It's the same challenges that people experience every day, such as in mood or uh, behaviors, the way they talk, but it's more of it. And it's stuff that doesn't change, it doesn't get better over time. When you go off, you know, Friday comes and you enjoy the weekend, but Monday comes and you're not any more refreshed than what you were over the weekend. You have situations where you uh, don't know what to do, where people are disgruntled uh, normally, but they become extremely uh, upset and uncooperative and resistant to their managers. And it's just more of what you normally experience. Health yeah, issues think, can contribute as well.
2: Yeah, I think that's a uh, very, I mean, one of the great ways to look at it and certainly what I experienced was you know you can go off and have a lot of fun one day and everybody else would come back to work all you know like wow we got rid of a lot of steam and then you come back to work and it's like nothing's changed it's all negative still you know while i'm uh while I'm at work so that's a great way to look at it does it can you deal with it with some of those standard like take a little break uh kind of things so is any of this like personality related it, it just feels to me like there are certain personalities that stress bothers them a lot more than other personalities i don't i don't know the answer to this question i'm kind of curious
0: well especially when you think of it in terms of the covid crisis people who are introverts are generally handling this a whole lot better uh, i'm hearing from people who are saying, it's so nice to be home and not have to go to doctor's appointments all the time. <laughs> so introverts are kind of enjoying the isolation more, but extroverts are having a very difficult time. And being on a Zoom meeting or a, a phone call just doesn't cut it for people who get their energy from being around others. Uh, disc profiles, and if you look at the, the four basic temperaments, The extroverts are the ones hands down that are struggling a whole lot more with this crisis. Yeah,
2: okay, good. All right, that helps us a little bit there. All right, so I I mentioned that back in 2000, I went through a a lot of stress and, and burned out. And shortly before that, my bosses, I had a partnership that I worked for, and they came to me and they said, hey, you look like you're wearing out, you look like things aren't going very well, what, you know, are you able to handle the load that we have uh, put on you? And I said, oh yeah, no problem. I can do, you know, I can deal with this. I didn't say it like that, but I just kind of, I said, sure, I'm a company guy. I'm, I'm here to do whatever has to be done. And I found out, obviously, as I've shared, that I was wrong. It really was way more than I could handle. And so, um, what would an, a manager be looking for if they go to their employees and they say, Hey, you look like you're stressed out a little bit here, you know, is something wrong? And the employee goes, no, 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 I'm good. It just, you know, just had a hard day. You know, what would they be looking for to kind of sift through that bravado? I guess you'd call it in order to, I don't know why people do it. I do it, but what would we look for?
0: Well, part of it is there's such a, an atmosphere of trying to be stoic, trying to be the strong man. Uh, and when that's not happening, when you know your inner life is different from what's going on, what other people are seeing, that's a challenge. And so part of it is being able to, as a manager, to know your people well enough that you can tell from little things, again, speeches, behaviors, changes in what is normal in order to figure that out and to know who's vulnerable to this kind of a situation so that you can see what's going on. And so it's knowing what's going on in their personal life. Sometimes, like I said, to have a parent who's ill, to be having marital problems, to have a, just being a parent of teenagers is challenging enough too. So knowing the vulnerabilities and watching for those areas to happen.
2: Yeah. So, and I think it all sounds to me too, like it's, um, you know, pay attention to those things and don't, don't always just listen to the words, you know, because sometimes those words are going to come back uh, with uh, incorrectly.
0: In and part of it is also having the desire to ask those questions, to be willing to go there. Sometimes we avoid mental health discussions or addiction discussions. And so we just pretend like we don't see it. We turn a blind eye to it. And part of it is being willing to ask the questions to get the kind of answers. Because as you said, some people don't have good personal judgment of what's going on in their life. And so being able to ask the questions to get answers that will show you what is really going on. Another thing that I would suggest for managers to do is to work towards prevention. Don't wait until somebody is in a bad place but at company-wide, increase resources to build resilience among your employees. Find ways to use company meetings to do that, to provide handouts of encouragement, to have a protocol ready to handle when somebody starts showing those signs. Have a plan of what to do. And uh, and also using different words. Instead of saying, we have a big problem, you <laughs> use words such as, we have a challenging situation. <laughs> Um, So sometimes it's framing things in a different way. It's the same issue, but you frame it in a more positive way.
3: Calling all remodelers, are you tired of wasting money hiring bad SEO companies or redesigning your website every two to three years thinking that that's the answer to your online lead generation problem? Hey, I'm Spencer Powell, the founder of Builder Funnel Academy. In the Academy, we teach you the marketing strategies that have generated over $100 million in sales for our clients. Right now, the doors are closed, but we're opening them soon. Get on the VIP list today to get notified when the doors are open, plus you'll get access to three exclusive bonuses we're offering on launch day. Head over to builderfunnelacademy.com VIP. That's builderfunnelacademy.com slash VIP. We're only opening up 250 seats and enrollment won't be open for long. Get on the VIP list by going to builderfunnelacademy.com slash VIP. Okay, great. So let's let's kind of flip the
2: uh, scenario around a little bit. So let's say I'm the employee and I am feeling really overstressed. I mean, this is not just like the normal stress of the job. And I'm getting, like my situation a few years back, I'm getting to that point where I'm not functioning well on jobs. Maybe I put the good bravado up there. But what do I do if it feels like either management or the owner doesn't care? And I I put the I put care in, in quotes because I think in general managers and owners care, but it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes it feels like they're more concerned about the health of the business or, you know, bringing the job in on time or client satisfaction, that sort of thing. What, what do I have to do? I know there has to be some self accountability here. We can't wait for everybody else to do something for us. What, what, what are some things that I could do uh, if I'm in that situation?
0: Probably one of the most important ones is to recognize that you have to bump yourself up on your priority list. Most people put family, jobs, other things ahead of themselves. And when you find yourself in a situation like this, you have to be able to put yourself at the top of the list temporarily in order to get things better because you don't want to suffer in silence. You don't want to just assume that it's going to go away on its own and everything's going to get better, especially... When you think of the COVID crisis everything is going on much longer than we had planned and so we need to find a way to increase self-care things that you do that make you feel better whether it's uh, fishing as we know Mm -hmm. is something that you enjoy doing Uh, but for some people it's golfing other people it's reading a book uh, in a porch swing whatever it is that refreshes you make sure you increase that and your normal coping strategies that you use are not going to work. You should avoid uh, negative coping strategies, such as drinking more alcohol. Uh, and if you have any tendency towards addictions, such as uh, online gambling or things like that, you need to avoid those things. You, uh, you have to speak up to key people. Find two or three key people in your life and say, listen, I might look good on the outside, but something else is going on please help me and get key people in your life, uh, your manager, your family, somebody to step up, a good friend to step up and say, let's brainstorm some ideas of what to do. So you can get someone working with you as a team to strengthen your inner life, to set goals of what you wanna do and how to tackle it. Sometimes it also means doing something as dramatic as getting counseling. You know, there's such a stigma about getting help from somebody outside uh your life from a professional it's a sign of weakness for many people but the reality is many people who start counseling end up you have to kick them out of treatment sometimes because they're better but they want to keep coming because it turns out when you meet with somebody who has you as their central focus and you're the main person in the room there's something really nice about that and the support and the encouragement and the Ability to figure things out with somebody else who cares makes a big difference.
2: Yeah, I just want to just make a comment about that, my own experience. And that was, I think I went through a couple of counselors before I finally found somebody that I trusted or that I could relate to uh, in a way that really helped. And so uh, it was a little bit discouraging, you know, at that point, just because I, uh, you know, didn't feel like anything good was going on. And, and then the other thing is just be honest. You know, I, I think, again, I tried to be a little bit brave in those sessions and wasn't able to necessarily share everything I was feeling until we got to the right person. Then, then we started being able to deal with some stuff. The other thing I, the, your comment, Marion made me think about was kind of going one step further. Like you mentioned fishing, like you've always been really supportive of me going and enjoying Fishing, But what about, and I hate to even say this, but what about spouses that aren't that accommodating? What about spouses that go like, you're just faking this, you know, or I mean, that's kind of an extreme too, but just don't allow an individual the time that they need to heal. Can you, can you make a comment about that?
0: It's, it's hard. And that's why having more than one person in your life to give you that support, if your spouse isn't supportive, maybe you have a best friend who is, or a coworker, or your manager who can advocate for you and say, listen, this is different. This is more than just normal sadness or normal frustration. And try to get people on board. Another thing to do is say, give me three weeks to try doing this. Be patient with me. Let me do this for three weeks. And then if it doesn't help, you know, then we'll try something different. Okay. Sometimes it's just saying, uh, this is a situation, you tell me what I should do to try to get better. Yeah. And you're right, not everybody is supportive. I remember the very first counselor you went to, basically from what I remember, you went to one session and she told you, you're not trying hard enough, you need to try harder. Yeah. And that was absolutely somebody who did not know you because you go the extra mile all the time.
2: Yeah. It can be pretty tough. So what, um, you know, if this isn't dealt with, honestly, if the stress is just not dealt with, what are some of the outcomes that might come from this progression of stress? And again, we're not just, you know, we're not just talking about the simple stressors of life, but we're talking about as it progresses uh, down a very dangerous road. What are some of the things that people will do or perhaps become, Uh, as it gets worse and worse?
0: Well, often, if there's nothing done to help, it will only get worse over time. It is a progression, and it can lead to more serious issues with the negative coping strategies. Uh, Like I said, drinking, drugs, uh, gambling, pornography, there's all kinds of addictions that people can get into that will worsen during times like this. The it starts affecting, it might be just affecting work, but eventually it starts affecting home and your parenting and your marriage and your community service. It starts impacting everything. And it feels like there's no end in sight. There's a, a sense of hopelessness. Unfortunately, things like depression can lead to uh, more serious things such as suicide or suicide attempts. And suicide is in a, uh, a, a continuum. There's the low end, which says, I just want to go live under a bridge somewhere or send me to a deserted island and let me be alone without anything to the extreme of people actually taking attempts. And so we have to be careful of that. And as managers, you want to watch for those things. You want to watch for the more serious signs. And there's all kinds of websites and resources available to find for that.
1: And uh, Marion, to piggyback on that, what about the uh, health ramifications? So the actual physical ramifications of stress.
0: It definitely causes as- in negative aspects in every area. Your heart starts taking, is probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have people at, who I work with who have eating disorders and I have a woman who's probably about 90 pounds and she has stopped eating for the last week because of some stressful situations. Other people overeat because of stress people have uh hereditary or terry things you know i have people that stop taking medication because they think well it's it's not working so i just stop taking it and then things get worse whether it's health medications or mental health medications and they start trying to try different things on their own because of the health problems and it ends up making it worse rather than better
2: wow so You mentioned a couple of their websites, things like that. Uh, Do you have any resources that you can offer to folks that might be, you know, either just interested in learning more or just want to follow up?
0: Well, part of it is making sure you find reliable websites. You don't necessarily want to go to chat rooms because people will talk about, oh, medication's terrible or, you know, there's all kinds of things. So you want to go to valid mental health medications, things like the Mayo Clinic's website. NIMH, we all know of NIH, which is National Institute of Health, National Institute of Mental Health, NIMH, is a good resource also. Anything that is generally around a university, so if it ends in .edu, has some good resources as well. Um, I know in the past through RA, we, you and I presented some information on burnout. If those handouts are still available online on the RA website, there's a lot of information on there and websites. There's also some good tests that you can give employees on a regular basis as you talk about prevention, uh, tests about burnout, tests about resiliency, tests about uh, stress and thriving in the midst of hard times. So those uh, those are, I know we had used back then, but they're available all over the internet as well. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, I can give them any resources that may be helpful too.
1: Marianne, I um, saw a talk with uh, Brene Brown and she talked about uh, selectively numbing. Basically, you can't selectively numb. So, if you do drink alcohol, you, you feel like your stress is going down, but you're also numbing joy. You're numbing all the other emotions that you want to keep sharp. Um, and that's always stuck with me. So, um, and, and as a business owner, I think it's one of the hardest things to self-identify when really there's, st- you mentioned stigma. There's a stigma in construction too, of being tough, being, uh, having forging ahead of through any discomfort. So, I mean, I think if there's, um, and, and I think this whole, discussion has been about identifying that, but, you know, what can make a business owner just say, okay, and because it's, it's hard to say these are the normal stresses that I'm feeling, and then, you know, I, I experienced it when I was in business with a very tough client, and I go, yeah, this is way beyond any type of stress feeling, you know, mm-hmm. so how, what, what is the, really the first step for anyone in um, just saying, you know what, this is beyond any normal, work stress and I think you
0: right the main thing is just talk to somebody who is in a position to help if you talk to somebody and they say you think you're depressed I'm even more depressed than you are (laughs) that's not very helpful so being able to find somebody who will be a resource for you and will be a team who'll be a, a team person with you in helping things get better and will stick with you until you're better uh, your primary care doctor is a good person because they'll do a health checkup and they have they have referrals for folks in the area. With COVID now, there's a lot of uh, people who could do telehealth across the United States, so you don't have to have somebody who's two miles from your home. You can get somebody who's a couple hundred miles from there. You want to find somebody, though, who you can stick with after the crisis is over, if possible, but uh, COVID has changed a lot of the mental health resources that uh, have been out there. But I think the most important, as I said, is finding someone who will help you because your judgment becomes impaired. Your perspective becomes hopeless and you need somebody who can help you find the light at the end of the tunnel, the hope in the end.
1: Yeah, this is really fantastic. The the one last thing I, I have read that um, not only are people feeling stressed, but because this was so sudden and it's so rare and our lives pretty much stopped operating how it was, there seems to be uh, a feeling of grief. People are going through grieving. Uh, does Does that produce different feelings than stress or people should be looking at other things?
0: Well, definitely stress is a big part, but yes, grief and loss because it's unlikely we'll ever go completely back to normal. You know? mm-hmm. And so yeah. part of it is, is embracing the new normal that comes along and being able to find a way to live with the challenges that are going to be ahead of us now. It's not, it's not going to be easy, but it's not impossible. We're, we are, in general, pretty resilient. It's finding those extra coping strategies that we haven't. It's like I told somebody once, if my husband had a hammer and a screwdriver and a handsaw, he could build a house. it just take him a long time but you give him all those power tools, he can do it much better. So when it comes to coping with mental health issues, don't just use a hammer and a screwdriver. Pull in the power tools that are really going to make a difference to get you where you want to be.
2: Man, well, not only did everybody learn something about stress, but they learned something about me today. So um, hopefully uh, you you see this is an issue that is uh, just really uh, – important to me. Uh, I'm very grateful that Marion could be with us for a little bit of time here and talk about it. Um, We have just scratched the surface, Uh, really encourage people to take it seriously, find resources out there and and deal with this stuff because it's really, really critical. And just thank you very much, Marion, for taking some time out of your very busy day and and being with us. You're
1: welcome. So important. Thank you so much. So, Tim, um, this was a really, really important show. And I, I first uh, appreciate, I speak for everyone, for you opening up. It's not easy uh, with with all of this discussion. And I appreciate Marion being on. Um, you know, we were both former business owners who are now talking on a podcast. So <laughs> I, too, you know, have been through that feeling of, of uh, extreme stress and, and burnout. So, um, but thank you to you for opening up and, and for having this show because it's, you know, a lot of people kind of sit and uh, kind of cook in the silence, you yeah. know, of, of their own thoughts. Well, the
2: thing I want to impress to a lot of business owners that are listening is if you don't pay attention, you can lose really good people that, you know, like I could possibly, I love what I do. I mean, I would rather be doing this than production management, obviously. But um, maybe I could have been a really great production manager for a longer period of time if we had been able to deal with my issues earlier on. The other thing I want to mention, I think Marion said it really, really well, you know, it wasn't just work for me. There were at least two other major stressors in my life. And, and, the one that I could legally and legitimately deal with was work. And so I had to leave work, right? The other ones were things that were much more permanent in my life. And I, in order to deal with life, I had to get rid of that stressor and then be able to work on only two things instead of dealing with three things. And so it's just such an important, uh, critical thing. And even, you know, even when we get the vaccine and we're past COVID, we really ought, you know, just think about these things. And and I've often spoken of the production manager role as being like the hub of a wheel. And I want to say this really clearly to everybody. If you have a production manager, you need to really take care of them because they have everybody in the world pulling on them, the owner, Trade contractors, other employees, clients, vendors, everybody. Trade everybody is pulling on them, and it's very, very hard for them to deal with that effectively over a long period of time. And so, just uh, I don't know, take it seriously and and help help your people. And if you're a production manager, watch out for your you know, the people who work for you, if you're a business owner, watch out for your production manager and project managers and, and yourself, watch out for yourself. Cause that's a huge part of this thing is making sure that you're healthy.
1: Well, that said it all, Tim, thank you. And we want to thank Marion Fowler for joining us again today. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the
2: Tim Fowler show. And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary.
1: This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.